Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you for tuning into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm very excited for our topic today and our guest. So today we are joined by special guest, Wendy Sterling. Wendy is a leading global divorce recovery specialist and founder of The Divorce Rehab. Wendy helps divorcees wake up their senses to start standing in their power of who they are to create their best life instead of being victim of it. Her vision is for other women to see their divorce as an empowering experience that happens for them and not to them. She's worked with countless women to transform their lives and create their next best chapter. Wendy is also the host of her own podcast, The Divorce Women's Guide, as well as an author and an advanced theta healer. So I'm so excited to have you here today, Wendy. I got to see your interview on a recent um, divorce summit that I was part of as well. And I loved the messaging and what you do and that just that idea of divorce rehab and, um, you know, going through it and getting through it and the other side of it and that empowerment and growing from it. And I think, um, you know, we don't focus on that side enough, that positive side of, you know, what's to come out of it and where you can be on the other side. So um, thank you so much for being here today. And just to start, can you tell us um, and listeners a little bit about your own journey and what brought you to do the work you're doing today? Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on today. I'm so honored to share my wisdom and of course my story with your audience today. So I had that Facebook facade of a perfect life. Uh, my ex, now ex-husband and I were together for over 20 years. We had two beautiful boys. We had, were at the height of our careers when one night on our way home from going out with another couple, uh, the entire foundation of the life that I had grown to know came crashing down around me. And it was one of those gut punches that you don't forget. And it was now looking back, it was the probably the first time in a very long time that I started paying attention to what my intuition was telling me. And while I wanted to be wrong in every way possible, unfortunately, my worst, my worst fears came true and learned that my ex-husband was having an affair. And everything that happened thereafter was just, you know, I was in this place of, I, I am not the person that this happens to. I, this, this is not this man I married. Who is this person, right? And you go into, woe is me, pity party. And I was deep, deep, deep in that place. I was depressed. I had so much anxiety. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I was trying to keep everything together because I had just started a new job a week after I found out this news. And it just was one of those moments where 
everything I thought I was doing, you know, quote unquote, right. Um, I was doing completely wrong. And it wasn't until, you know, I was in therapy. I was, we were in couples therapy. Um, you know, I was reading self-help books. I was listening to podcasts. Like I was doing, I thought I was doing everything to help move me forward. But what I realized it was doing was actually keeping me stuck in my story and in my past. And it wasn't until I saw a Facebook post from a friend who announced that she had moved careers and became a life coach. And I, something struck me. And again, my intuition, right? I was starting to pay attention. Like I got kind of this little push of like, you need to call her. And so after a three and a half hour call, not only did I hire a coach, but I also decided to enroll in the program because I thought that it would be really valuable for me as a leader. I worked in ad sales, um, leading, you know, my region and my territory. And I knew that whatever skills I would learn as a coach would really serve me and my team well. And little did I know that it was actually going to be the ticket for me to not only move through my divorce. Uh, the emotions of my divorce, but it was also going to be my ticket out of corporate America. And so what I had seen over the course of my first weekend in the certification program was I moved through more emotions related to my divorce in two and a half days than I had the entire eight months before. And something in me, I'm getting goosebumps um, telling the story because it's just, ugh, so there's so much, you know, wisdom in, in this, right. For everybody listening, this is why you should be paying attention to your body is that, um, in that moment, I knew that I was brought to this earth, that this experience was happening for me because I was meant to help people like me. I didn't know that coaching was valuable for people going through divorce. I knew about it as it related to, you know, getting a career coach, but it wasn't something that I understood or the power of it in helping people move through their divorce. So I decided to journal my entire experience uh, uh, through the program. And at the end of it, I made a really bold decision to um, not only leave my ex-husband and ask for a divorce, but I also made the decision to leave corporate America literally within weeks of each other. And it was one of those moments where I just went, oh my God, what am I doing? I don't even know really who I am. How is this going to work? <laughs> you know, am I crazy? But something in me kept saying, you've got this, you know how to do this. And when I think back to that moment, um, you know, when I actually asked my ex-husband for a divorce, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and going, I don't even know who I am. I don't know who I am outside of him. I, I realized that I had lost myself, my voice, my identity. And I knew that that was something that I got to reclaim. And so I went through that process myself. And after seeing myself move through that in under a year, I decided to create my program um, that is called the Divorce Rehab. And the reason that I call it Divorce Rehab is because it really is one of those um, processes that you go through where, you know, you, a lot of us become codependent in our marriages and there's a process that you get to walk through with somebody else to be able to move through and, and start recognizing the reflection of the person in the mirror, staring back at you, which I had lost. And every single one of my clients have lost. 
And so, you know, it's interesting because at no point did I ever see my emotional recovery as an option. It was mandatory for me. Um, when I started moving through that, I noticed that I was also able to make more rational decisions as it related to, you know, the business side, right? All the finances and separating assets and just the divorce process as a whole. I noticed that I was coming to the table from a more rational mindset and also enabling me to put my kids in the center and not the middle. So making decisions that was in both their and my future best interest. And so, you know, when you're going through this, you think, oh, I have friends, I have family. And I do too. I have amazing friends. I have an amazing family who were so crucial to my process. And at the same time, they didn't understand what I was going through. They didn't understand the emotions. They, you know, having somebody or having a community of people who understand the roller coaster that you're on was something really valuable to me that I knew I needed. And I didn't have that. And so I vowed to create that for other people because nobody gets to do this alone. Nobody should be doing this alone. And so my entire foundation of my business has truly been rooted in my own experience, coupled with the methodology of the coaching program that I'm certified in. And then I'm also a theta healer. So there's theta healing baked into that as well, because there is a spiritual element that is required. I believe is required in the healing process as well. So here I stand today. Um, you know, I'm really proud of the business I've created and, you know, literally within two years, I've created this incredible, you know, six figure business for myself. And it's something I'm really proud of. And I do it from my heart because I take a stand for my clients. I take a stand for everybody that gets to do this work. It is, it is a gift. It transformation is a gift. It's not something you budget for. It's not something that you, you know, it's not like you take a course on divorce when you get married, you know, it's not like when you have a baby, you go to birthing class, when you get married, you go to divorce class. It's the wild, wild West, right? So why wouldn't you have somebody help you navigate the wild, wild West? So sorry for my long-winded, you know, yeah, I, I love I just it was in a flow. <laughs> I know there's so much in that. Like I, I was know. looking at my points I've written down. I'm like, there's so much in there to I know. Or talk a little bit about more about, but I love that. I, I um, appreciate you sharing your story because it's that vulnerability piece, but also it really helps us understand, you know, how you got to doing to what you're doing and your why and the purpose and that, you know, that deep rooted, that desire to help other women going through it. Cause um, I think exactly what you're saying. It's, you know, it's, there's so many moving parts. We aren't taught what to do. So it, it, we can't expect to know when it happens, what to do. And there's to know then that someone specifically is going to help you through that time. I was saying before we started recording, you know, I have a, a writing coach, I have a life coach. So it's, you know, I know I can't do the writing journey myself. I need someone to help me along the way. And yeah. that's why I utilize a coach in that situation. So I always tell people yeah. that, for different phases and stages of our lives, utilizing people to help support us in those journeys. So we can, you know, get through it faster or, you know, we don't have to be alone and it's an investment in yourself. And that's, it's priceless when we talk about investing ourselves, like you can't really measure yeah. the results of investing in ourselves. So I love everything you had to say about that. Um, so thank, thank you. you. And yes. just to start off, I guess, what are some of the when you're working with women going through this, what are some of the biggest challenges and struggles that you're seeing women go through post-divorce or straight out of getting divorced? 
Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. You know, I think that the biggest struggle that I see is uh, a lack of self-worth and confidence. Um, you know, a lot of the, the women, and I actually do have two male clients um, as well, uh, which has, you know, been amazing to see, you know, men who are also experiencing this too, but it's really around self-worth and confidence. The reason being that uh, everybody, when you realize that a divorce is imminent, you go into the blaming of I failed and you start beating yourself up. We all have all these really loud negative voices. I call them inner critics that just start yelling at you. You failed, you messed up, you're not lovable. And we are literally beating ourselves up. Um, and, you know, one of the things I always ask my clients is, would you ever tell a friend what you tell yourself? And everyone goes, oh my God, no. And I say, well, then why are you saying it to yourself? So the confidence and the self-worth piece stems from the negative critics that are just coming at you, right? And the reminders that I always give to my clients is that marriage takes two people, and it's not that you failed, it's that your marriage failed. The marriage failed. You, people attach like a negative to themselves when it's about the marriage, right? And part of that too is, you know, you get to take responsibility for your part in the marriage falling apart. So in order to get back your self-worth, in order to increase your confidence again, the process that I take my clients through is really learning how to confront those voices, how to challenge them, how to change the conversation that you're having in your head. I give them tools to be able to quickly access them and shift the, the critic. And from there, you know, at the same time, you get to take responsibility for what you know the truth is in those statements but to flip it where you're not also believing what is story, what is false. So, right, I failed. No, marriage failed, right? There was failure and it was your marriage. And I also work with them on redefining words that they find as negative. I show them the positive, right? Just like how I say divorce is actually super empowering. <laughs> it's like, it, it was, it, it, and it gets to be, and every single person I work with sees that. And so when you have somebody who's teaching you, right? People just go, oh, how do I get self-worth back? Or, you know, how do I get my confidence back? I don't even know how to get my confidence back. It's because you're, you're in your conscious mind all the time. And the role that I play with my clients is I tap into their subconscious. So I listen to, and I tap into what they're not hearing, but I am. And so I get them better in tune with their subconscious self and to get to the bottom of what they know their truth is. And then together we build them back up. But part of that is also, and I alluded to this earlier, is taking responsibility. So you being able to take responsibility for your part in the marriage failing, right? So many times when we point the finger, you know, everybody listening, I already said my, my ex-husband had an affair. Well, I could have, I did sit there and go, you ruined our marriage. You broke up this family, you, 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 right? 
And through the work that I did on myself, through the coaching program I had, got, you know, got certified in the coach I hired, I learned that I contributed to our marriage falling apart. And while I will never take responsibility for the choice that he made in our marriage falling apart, I do take responsibility for my actions, my lack of communication, or rather the ways in which I chose to communicate, right? And I've apologized to him since. I have owned my responsibility in in the contribution to the marriage falling apart. That's my half. And that's all I get to own. So I tell my clients, like, you have to own your side of the street. And that's your ticket to moving forward. So if you're not willing to do that, or if you're constantly in the you, 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 which every single one of my clients is in, always pointing the finger. And you wonder why you're still not healing. Because all you're doing is outward when the work gets done inward. I love that. And that piece about, well, how you started that broken down. And um, I work with a lot of women going through divorce and it's on the finance side, but yeah, like that's one of the big things that stands out to me is how like broken down they are and how um, that is that self-worth piece and confidence is just, it's just not there at that, that really emotional time and in the thick of it and kind of really right post-divorce. And um, that's so exciting to know that you're doing that work to help them um, get there because that's, that's that piece that kind of, yeah, it it just sort of falls away or it disappears. I don't know what happens to it, but to know that it's (laughs) still there, we can work on it. Um, And is that what you mean by sorry, is that what you mean then by the emotional recovery piece? Cause you said that's a big part of it. So is, is that what uh, the emotional recovery piece is, or is there any more to that that you would want to add? Yeah. I mean, that is the, that's a big part, right? Is the emotional recovery is, um, you know, I have it broken down into five steps. So the, the rehab is an acronym. So the journey, the, the recovery process to me starts when you utter the word divorce. And when you know that that is where you're headed, that's when you get to start managing the emotional grief that comes with the end of your marriage. And, but it's not just the end of your marriage. So the R in rehab is about rediscovering and reclaiming your identity and your voice in this process, right? E is about ending your pity party and that victim mindset, you, you, you. The H is about healing your wounds and actually eulogizing all the losses associated. You lose your marriage, you lose your family, you lose your best friend, you lose the dreams, perhaps with some people it's financial security. I mean, the list goes on, right? When someone dies, there's a funeral, right? There's a grieving ceremony. Well, I create that for my clients in the ending of your pity party, right? We get to have a a, a process where you get to mourn and eulogize that. Um, The A is about finding acceptance, right? Once you've gone through that emotional piece um, where, you know, you've gone through kind of the thick of it, right? You then get to a place where you get to accept that this is what life looks like. And once you accept that, there's still work to be done, right? And that work that gets to be done after that is really understanding 
how this experience has shaped you has allowed you to become this person that you are today, because it's not a matter of turning our backs on the experience and the pain. It's how are we going to leverage that pain and experience to catapult us into the B of rehab, which is building from a new, stronger foundation that your next best life gets to happen from. And so to me, that is the recovery process. It is not linear. It is a freaking roller coaster, right? I have clients, I, you know, I had two clients who were like on this amazing trajectory at the end of 2020. And the minute the new year, all of a sudden, they just like took a nosedive. And they were just like, what the heck? Like, what is going on? I was doing so well. They got into, right? So I say that because this is work. It's not like you're done because there's going to be things that come up. It's a matter of working with someone to get the tools so that you know how to recover more quickly the next time. And so those those women had the tools, right? And they were like, okay, I know what to pull out and what I get to use and I need help framing it in this new way, right? So it's not like, you know, I still have moment. I got triggered this morning by my ex-husband about something, right? And it's not a matter of it, you're healed and done and everything's fantastic. Things still come up, right? It's been four and a half years for me and I still had something come up today, but I know how to talk to myself to be able to move through it. And without those tools, how do you expect to recover, right? Proven tools. And so that to me is the key to the recovery piece is that it's, it's a constant motion. It's just that you never know which way the roller coaster is headed. Yeah. I love that your whole acronym in the process. It's like, it does, it like outlines those stages so well. Um, and the fact that you're right, it's not linear because there's external factors that we unfortunately can't control. And once they sort of hit, it's just like, it kind of shakes us. And um, if we don't have those tools or if we're feeling, you know, not as great, then it's, it's harder to get through those times. So I love that. And that reminder that it's not, it's not linear. It is a process. Um, But what else was I going to say about that? What about if they're in that process or the roller coaster, like I find a big piece of going through divorce or post-divorce is you do get like stuck. Like there's often like stages where there's like a stuckness that happens. What do you suggest when people are there? Like it sometimes feels like progress and then you hit a wall for whatever reason, or like you said, you get triggered or something like that. So that stuck piece, what, what would help people um, that might be experiencing some of that? Yeah, you know, and everybody does. So first and foremost, I would like to let everybody know that you're not alone. We think we are and we compare ourselves, right? So a lot of times when people say they're stuck, it's because they're comparing themselves to other people and they think that they're doing something wrong. So they they start diverting and doing all these new things differently, right? And they're like, why am I still stuck? Why am I still stuck? And so a lot of what I help my clients with and what, you know, I encourage your listeners to also do is, you know, there's a lot of power in just being, stop doing. (laughs) I'm a 
I live in my masculine energy, which is our doing energy. And a lot of times I notice that the reason I get stuck is because I am constantly just like, do, do, do. Why isn't this working? Okay, go do this. Okay, I mean, why isn't this working? Okay, I'm gonna go do this. Like you're creating the your stuckness <laughs> um, versus trusting that what you have been doing, what you know to do, is going to work. It's just that a lot of times people have unrealistic expectations of like when it's supposed to happen, right? We get into this place of, well, why isn't this happened? Why am I here? And we start, that's part of the negative self-talk. And so what I do with my clients is I get them out of, okay, why do you think you're stuck? And I remember having a conversation with one of my clients about this. And she's like, I'm stuck. Why am I dead? And, and I got her out of that place. And I just said, I was like, you know what? Can we talk about the positive things that you've actually accomplished this week as it relates to your divorce? And she goes, oh yeah. So I did, duh, I did, duh, I did, duh. And I said, so explain to me why you think you're stuck. And she goes, oh my God, I didn't even like process. So a lot of times we're not aware of progress that we're making because they're baby steps, yeah. right? We consider stuck if we're not making gigantic leaps forward. I celebrate and help my clients to see the celebration worthy moments in the really small steps or even the, the lateral step, right? Which people don't, we're not, we're not wired that way. Society doesn't promote that. And so I make my clients aware. So your listeners, you know, people that are tuning in, think about the things that you've accomplished, right? Think about all the amazing things that you have accomplished. It could be as simple as you were able to get out of bed today. You were able to feed your kids today. You got them to the bus stop today, whatever that looks like, right? Instead of focusing on the negative, I think I saw, I think that statistic is something like we have, what is it? 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, 80% are negative. So no wonder you think you're stuck. So I steer my clients back to the 20%. Let's focus on that. And then all of a sudden they propel. So it's just yes. a matter of like, sit with what the being is, sit, sit in everything that you've done and trust that when you recognize the positives, it it's taking you exactly where you get to go. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So we're recognizing the positives and maybe taking time to write down, you know, those wins or what you did get done um, mm -hmm. and go back and reference those, if that helps you get in that positive frame of mind, but you're right. It's, it's very easy to get in the negative. And when you've just gone through a big event like that, um, even more so, right. Cause there's all this proof of, oh, well, here's more negative and here's more negative. So, yeah. um, it's even maybe a little bit more challenging or more work you have to do to find the positives, but doing that is going to help shift that perspective. I love that. Yeah. Can we talk? So I'm of course the money numbers person finances. Can we talk a little bit about, um, the emotional side and, 
you know, when you have to make decisions that maybe require more of a rational mindset, because that's sort of one of my big things when people come to me and they seem to be coming from a place very emotionally charged and I'm Miss Numbers analytic that's trying analytical that's going, no, 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 like this is the way the numbers work. And um, so there is this disconnect and it's, you know, but I, I get that, of course, it's a very emotional time, but, you know, how can we work through some of that emotion when it comes to making money decisions? Because they're big decisions. And if you're coming from a place that's emotionally charged, what I find is that maybe like a year later or time later, they go, oh, I wish I would have done this differently or um, something like that. So making sure that we're in the right headspace to make more of the rational decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I find that, you know, it's such a great question. And, and to be honest, I made mistakes because all I was looking to do was punish him. Um, and that shifted as I was shifting myself, right. As I was doing my work, things started shifting. Um, you know, first and foremost, this this is a one shot deal. (laughs) You can't go back. And what I always try to support my clients with, and I do do this with the clients I work with privately, I actually set up sessions with them before they go into mediation, court, uh, settlement conferences, arbitration, even meetings with financial planners, right? Because what I help them to see is you get to look at this as a business transaction. And I believe that everybody knows how to show up in a business mindset. And when you're showing up in a business mindset, it's a matter of you thinking about your future, thinking about what is in the best interest of your future life. You know, I know, you know, and you, I'm sure have this conversation a lot. Everybody goes, I want to keep my house. I have to keep my house. I have to keep it for the kids. The kids need their home. And that was me. And I kept my home. I was adamant about it. And thankfully I was able to keep it. Okay. A lot of people are not, and it's not a judgment statement, but it's a matter of reframing. What is home to you? Is home where your heart is and where you are and wherever you are, you create the love that goes into a home or is it a physical structure? Right? So I get my, I help my clients to really get clear on, I'm really big on definitions. So I get them really clear on what does this actually mean to you? What does this look like? What is home, right? Or, you know, what is it? Yes, you've been accustomed to this lifestyle. You got to have, have appreciation for having that life, right? In reality, what is realistic of what you and your children need survive, to live. That's what you get to ask for, right? It's not about any time you find yourself getting charged around something, there's a belief in you that is getting stirred. And so I, I always encourage my clients to just take them. There is power in pausing. When you are in a conversation, instead of reacting, you get to take a breath and you get to pause and really be thoughtful and mindful of the thought that's coming up before you choose to respond. And so it's really about moving from reacting to responding and getting your mind, like literally the best tool I can tell your audience, take 
a breath, take five breaths, <laughs> just take a breath and pay attention to what's coming up inside of you. Is it really about the house or is it that you're just feeling really hurt that you're, you never imagined your house be, having to, to be sold and you get to honor that emotion instead of making the other person's life a living hell, which, you know, Gabby, Gabrielle um, Hartley is a friend of mine. She's an attorney and a mediator, divorce attorney, a family attorney and a mediator. She wrote a book called Better Apart. And in there she says, and I quote her all the time, you drink the poison expecting the other person to die. And who are you killing? Yourself. And so that's where just taking a minute, just think about, these decisions weigh out your options because if you, if your outcome is, you know, when you focus on the outcome, you're allowing your fears to take over. And what you get to do is just stay present in this moment instead of letting your head run amok. So I hope that that answers the question in the way you had asked it, but you know, for me, it's really, I always try, you know, one of the tips I give my clients is when they go into mediation is to have, or a negotiation of any kind, have a picture of your kids, either, you know, old school printed out or your screensaver on your phone and just look at those faces or face and think about the decisions you're making with them in the center. Because if you're gonna take on financial hardship to keep a home, what is that gonna do to your kids? You're gonna be stressed out. You're gonna be anxious. You're gonna be freaking out every month. It's gonna take you away from your kids, right? So think about it in those terms. Yeah, I love that. And you do talk about, like that's talking about a big thing that I see too, is that wanting to keep the home. And it is commonly that women do. And it's not, it doesn't mean you're a failure if you cannot like, think about how much it costs to run that home. It was two people doing it together. That's not the scenario anymore. So um, it's not necessarily realistic and it's not about you and it's not a failure. Um, no. So just, you're right. Reframing, take a breath um, and think about that big picture. I love that. Um, can we just chat before we, what else did I want to talk about? Um, that intuition piece. Cause I feel like that's coming up a lot. And I think that's so important um, for me too. I try to make sure I'm tuning into my intuition when I'm making, you know, decisions or going through life. But when we're in a very stressed scenario, um, it seems a little bit more murky or harder to tune into that. So what can you maybe say for listeners on advice for tuning into that intuition and that inner voice that we have as well, or inner guidance? Yeah. So, um, you know, the best thing that I can say is that, you know, a lot of times we say, you know, mind over body, right. And I actually believe it's body over mind. So you, I, like, I will never forget that physical gut punch I got in the car that night and every intuitive hit that I have received since it causes me a moment to reflect and your intuition is your gut. It's your subconscious. And a lot of times we silence it because our conscious mind tends to go into ego mode. And the way that I always invite my clients to separate the two is like the number one question that I can share with your audience that you get to ask yourself is what is the truth in this situation, right? 
what do I know to be true versus the story that I'm making up? Your intuition, you know, even with, you know, today you even, before we got on, there was, you had an intuitive hit to share something personal with me, right? And I was like, oh my God, I can relate, right? And so it's those types of moments, like you just have to trust, you, you trust your body when you get kind of like a little hit it could be in your throat it could be in your chest for me it's usually in my stomach um is where i feel it and i get curious about it i'm like ooh what was that <laughs> you know and so it's it's your intuition is always there the problem is is that our minds our egos want to be right and they start taking over and they keep you safe they think they're keeping you safe but they're actually keeping you stuck and it's typically your intuition is creating discomfort that is forcing you to make a not on autopilot choice, right? And that's where the growth comes in. Everybody's intuition speaks to them differently. And part of what I honestly help my clients with is paying attention to it, learning what that voice is, right? Because I hear it. And I get them starting to pay attention to what that sounds and feels like. So I hope that that answers that question. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a body, it's a physical reaction. And as long as you start paying attention to it, that's when you start trusting and, and noticing when, you know, I believe it's really your subconscious or even your higher self is trying to, it's like knocking on your ego's door. Like, be quiet. Like, let me talk. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I just think it's so important to talk about because when you're going through divorce, like you said, it can feel very lonely or isolating or no one gets it. And it's just that reminder that what we have inside ourselves as a, a tool or, you know, we're not alone. And, and there is this inner guidance too, that we get to, you know, have on our team or on our side that we can't forget that that's working for us as well. Um, so we're not completely alone. Um, yeah, just before, I guess, before we wrap up, I could talk about this all day and I have like so many other questions, but, um, I'll have to do I a guess, two-part series. <laughs> yeah, we'll do another one. Um, before we wrap up, is there any sort of, um, things that you want to leave listeners with or anything we didn't cover? And then as well, how can people reach out to you? How can they find you and get a hold of you? Sure. Um, you know, I think that the biggest tip that I want to leave with your listeners is fight the urge to lone wolf this process. It is so easy for us to withdraw because we see that our lives have just unraveled. And a lot of times our friendships, don't exist anymore or, you know, picking sides, which happens a lot. Um, we, you know, lose family and all of this, um, you know, and it's so easy to hide. It's so easy to let the shame and the embarrassment overcome you. And that's why finding a community, finding people who understand what you're going through is crucial to this process. It is the, it was my missing piece and what I was determined to create to ensure that nobody has to do this alone. It is a choice. You are choosing to lone wolf it, make a different choice because it's easy to lone wolf it. And it's a lot, it takes a lot of, of courage to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And 
I am here. <laughs> I, I have an extensive network of amazing colleagues that, you know, a lot of times I'll get on complimentary calls with clients and I realize I'm not the person they need. And I send them to a colleague. Sometimes it's another coach. Sometimes it's a financial expert. Sometimes it's a lawyer. Sometimes it's a mediator. Sometimes it's a hypnotherapist. Sometimes it is a trauma coach. I, I have, you know, it's about finding people who have the authority in this space that know how to support you ask for help. We all have complimentary calls. You don't have to do this alone. You get to get the support that you need across every aspect of your life. It is for your future self that you get to ask for help. Don't struggle alone. So that's my tip. And, you know, I do offer complimentary calls. Um, you guys can find me on my website. It's wendysterling.net, W-E-N-D-Y-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G.net. Um, I have a link on my homepage, uh, schedule a complimentary call. I also have a free downloadable PDF. I know we didn't talk about this today, but I do a lot of boundary setting work because to me, that is like one of the first crucial steps in in um, creating your next life because you get to figure out where you end and somebody else begins, especially with your co-parent. Um, so I have, I have free downloadables. I have, you know, I do work all the time. So um, feel free to reach out. Uh, I also have my Facebook group. It's called the Divorce Rehab. Everybody is welcome to join. I do free workshops in there. I have amazing quotes and tips and motivation and inspiration. And we do happy hour on Wednesdays. Um, it's really fun. It's a great community. And obviously I'm on Instagram, uh, divorce rehab with Wendy. So yeah, I would love to support love anybody out there. So thank you for having me and for allowing me to share so much today. Thank you so much, Wendy. I love this. And I love the community you've created and all that you're right. Like lone wolf, it's sort of where we go to and it's easy and it is hard to take those steps, but just join your community, join the Facebook group. Like, I think that's a great start for people listening that that's a good step and maybe not as scary. And, um, but yeah, you're not alone. So, um, do join those groups. They sound amazing. Thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing Thank all you. that information. I love it. Um, and that's everything, every, everything for today. Thank you everyone. And we'll catch you next time. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.